Welcome to Keyframes in Betweens, a mini podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton, and with me today is Andy. Hey, hey. And Duncan. Even all. So, even though we're recording this well in advance, this is our holiday podcast. Cue sleigh bells, ding, ding, uh, ding, ding, a fat ding, ding. man oh, laughing oh, in the oh. distance. <laughs> <laughs> And just look outside at all that snow out there, or maybe not that much snow because global warming. But <laughs> or Brexit wasteland. Or, yeah. And that's been our, our British political moment on the podcast. But uh, if, there's one, if there's one thing the Tories don't understand, it's music, which is what we're going to be covering here. Music, love, compassion. That that is the message of Carolyn Tuesday in the end when it, you get down to it, Ben. I think that's right. We have the end of Carolyn Tuesday to talk about. Andy, you've been watching Carolyn Tuesday, but unfortunately, mm-hmm. Netflix, up until the release of this very episode, has only had the first half on Netflix. Yeah. So you don't know the ending like Duncan and I do. So get out of here. No, no, you can't make me leave. What are you going to make me do? I'm just going to do what, like a personality test for like fucking ever. <laughs> yeah, go go finish your enneagram and then come back and tell us it. All right, fine. See you in a bit. So, I did not expect that it could be this bad. The ending to Carol on Tuesday. Despite all of my naysaying that John has endlessly complained about how negative we are, I did not expect to have Mars Right Aid dethrone and a corrupt political campaign. And then the president just steps down on her own, or the presidential campaign. Oh, it was so bad. Yeah. For your reactions, how betrayed were you, Duncan? Uh... I don't think I've seen a worse ending to any anime. That it makes index seem plausible. That it <laughs> is. It was just a complete and utter trash pile at the end. It was just like utterly irredeemable. Uh, it's like all the basic competence that you could at least acknowledge in it before, even if you thought it was pulling its punches in many ways, just flew out of the the window with far more drama than the series itself managed in the final two episodes. Yeah. So throughout the show, I'd complained that we get introduced to characters, they do a thing and they never come back. And to Carolyn Tuesday's infinitesimal credit... They did bring back like every, like literally every character who's ever done anything in the show came back to sing for Carolyn Tuesday's guerrilla concert to unseat a corrupt, autocratic, and anti-immigrant presidential candidate <laughs> and cause her campaign to blow up. Yeah. Isn't it kind of weird that we never met the other presidential candidate? What if they have bad policies too? <laughs> it's like, oh, well, we've de- we've defeated uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Tuesday's mum, and she's she's no longer going to run in. It's a good job the man who's decided to replace everyone with robots got in. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. Right. We got we have our our Andrew Yang candidate come in, and he's running on UBI and complete replacement of humanity with robots. <laughs> but uh, uh, so so. Um, so Angela's mother dies of just like sudden anime stroke and Angela falls to drug use within like half an episode and basically goes into a coma when she wins the Mars Grammys because everything. So <laughs> to walk back more praise of this anime in the beginning, I was like, oh, it's cool that they're using real stuff. And now it's like there's nothing that is actually like it's been 
50 years, 100 years, and we still have, like, Pitchfork and Instagram. It, it, it actually makes for a pretty dark future where all the tech, all the companies and technologies in place right now are still the dominant companies and technologies. No one's like, oh, for the Grammys, they became irrelevant in the 2030s. Like, no, it's <laughs> it's been an entire lifetime of, like, human experience, and yet it's still, like, Pitchfork covering the Grammys and, like, stars. Uh, so, so Angela wins the Grammys. But then passes out in a coma, and then she wakes up from the coma in time to perform in Carol and Tuesday's thing, and they're friends, just like you worried from the very beginning they would be, and she becomes a weird handmaiden to Carol and Tuesday's success. Uh, and and uh, don't forget them bringing people back from the dead. Like Yeah, I mean, I was... Ha- I there's The one thing worse than having, like a cheap Bowie XP who dies on screen is for him to like not be dead. <laughs> and granted that was just cause we apparently didn't understand. Possibly it's a bad translation, but yeah, he just shows back up. He's still in his wheelchair. I guess he didn't take his medicine again cause he can't sing with it. So that's kind of worrisome. Uh, uh. I don't know. I, I don't want, I don't, I want this to be the end of this an- of us talking about this anime because I'm so tired of dumping on something that brings people joy. But this anime was so bad and it was so it played it so safe and like all of the reviews that rapturously like talk about oh this is like anime's best queer relationship and then they both go off and like have boyfriends but they never like it, it's chased anime bullshit so people can continue to be queer baited by this anime. Mm-hmm. I just I I have so little goodwill for every single episode except the one where Ertigun loses all his money and actually has to, like, make music again. Like, the fact that he, he gets a very condensed uh, redemption arc, but and, mm. like, like, he actually recovers from his setback himself rather than some contrivance uh, allowing him to. And, like, that... Like, seeing someone work who'd worked really hard to get their success, then having a setback and actually that completely wrecking his confidence for his a while and his his redemption all being about him regaining that confidence and faith in himself was actually, yeah, that's good. That's, no, that's actually, and it's a, it's a character who was kind of a heel before then, and that actually means that the show feels okay having people be like, you suckered again. You deserve to fail, which never happens with Carol and Tuesday. Like they, they've they've released one single, and do they even release their album by the end of the I show? I don't or think they... the album's out by the end of the show. No. So they're so they are these like viral stars who've released one single, and they're able to put together because they've been nice to everybody. So everyone shows up and does like, uh, it's just. I yeah cuz cuz I could just I could the thing is I could rant forever as I go further back and say more things that disappointed me that didn't pay off in the end yeah I mean all I want to say is I think a lot of people think of Watanabe as an auteur and I think one of the things which has become evident about auteur culture and uh, is that if you give someone no limits, they forget to kill their darlings. And Watanabe yeah. should have killed Carol and Tuesday. Um, not literally, but just <laughs> metaphorically. Um, that... I mean, it, it makes me, to kind of spoil a bit, it makes me wish I'd watch Kids on the Slope. Because I imagine that that has a lot more striving and failure. I 
continually complained that there wasn't any failure in here. And I understand that in this day and age, people might want a big budget fun anime where people don't have to fail. But I I need failure to care about these characters. And Carol and Tuesday never, never, ever seemed like real people because I just I can't buy and maybe there's something wrong with me. I can't buy into a world where. <laughs> where you can become like world famous pop stars just by like playing music and releasing one single and having an inst- Instagram. Like that seems like almost mean because that's not how the music industry works for me at yeah. least. I I think there's a lot to be said it's for escapism and wish fulfillment as being 100% valid things these days but equally I think when it's so anodyne and sanitized, it's something with no uh, no heart to it in the end. I, I know that's I was so... I was really worried you're going to say no heart because the, the thing that people praise about Carol on Tuesday is that so like kind and compassionate and full of heart. I think it has no soul. Is my is my actual mm, maybe accusation? That's, be- that's maybe a be- <laughs> the better word. It's like I, but. <clears throat> You can't have have kindness if someone's never been been hurt. If there's, it's yeah. It, you you can't have like if if it's easy to be kind if everything goes right for you. It's it's the one of the fundamental things about the human condition is like what tests someone is how they do under adversity. It's not how they do whenever everything goes right with them. It's more important to be good to other people when things are tough than when the sun is shining. Yeah, no, I agree. Like it's if, if, you know, people who've never known adversity being nice to each other isn't, isn't kindness. It's just masturbation. (laughs) So, so that's the end on Carol and Tuesday, I guess, unless Andy really likes the second half and wants to rebut us, but hopefully that will be far in the future and people will not burn down our houses for talking about Carol on Tuesday again at that point. Andy! Andy, come back in! Sorry, I'm just playing the Carol on Tuesday playlist on Spotify while doing my (laughs) Enneagram test. Okay, well, for the rest of... For the rest of this episode, we drew up... uh, Each drew up a list of our five favorite music anime and ranked them and then added together all the rankings to figure out which is our favorite anime is about music which we which we interpreted relatively broadly like you'll see in a second there's like a there's a couple where instruments aren't even involved but it's still like an anime about music <laughs> uh, I, I think what what i said to you was that <laughs> the the essential thing is that people are Music is central to the emotional growth and plot development. That, that those are the things which define it as a music anime. That mm-hmm. and th- that they don't have to be playing music. It just has to have an emotional <laughs> impact on the the characters. It has to be a, about music in a in some respect. Uh, so yeah. yeah, we ranked these up, and we'll be going from the bottom to the top finding out definitively what is the best music anime of all time. Uh, unfortunately, there's lots of ties, so uh, we'll be able to revisit this, possibly, if we ever watch more music anime. But let's Duncan, go ahead and start. Duncan, Duncan, before mm-hmm. we start, mm-hmm. Duncan, mm-hmm. do you want to take bets on what you think's number one? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, only I know the numbers, so they, yeah, they're yeah, actually yeah. not pretending. 
I'm gonna go. I right. mean, do you want to go I'm, first? I'm gonna give a si silent signal, Andy. Ha! Huh, you think that one? I mean, that's mm, not very mm, great mm, for mm, uh, the radio. Mm. Um, <laughs> so I'm just gonna say. I Dun presume... Duncan threw up some horns. Yeah. yeah. Beep beep. <laughs> I assume Duncan I means. I think it was uh, beep. Detroit Metal City. Uh, I don't think it's that. I think it's gonna be. Um, I think it's gonna be Kids on the Slope because that's a good mm. one. Well, we'll, we'll find, find out. out. We'll find out. Wrong, we will... So let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so at the bottom of the list, number 12 with one point is Eureka 7. And this is me. I know that you all know that I didn't actually like Eureka 7 that much. No, but you I hated do think it. it's a. I mean, I liked parts of it, but I hated most of it. But it is a show where it's not. This is what I mean when I was prevaricating about what the music definition is, because it's not like a music anime, it's a robot surfing anime. But no, <laughs> music really, really is very important for the characterization and the, uh, the creator, what's his face. <laughs> Uh, I wish creator, I'd actually <laughs> creator. What's yeah. its face? My favorite of all the creators. I, I don't know how to spell that in a uh, in a uh, in kanji. Uh, Tomoki Tomoki Kyoto. I'm glad glad you're going through the uh, the creator uh, forgetfulness moment, which I, I I will typically hit three or four times a, an episode, and you're just like, oh yeah, him, and I'm like, fucking Ben. I mean, why do I remember? Why do I remember a director of an anime that I didn't really like that much? <laughs> Uh, but this is a uh, this is Dai, this is Dai Saito's uh, series composition and directed by Tomoki Kyoda. Uh, but they deliberately, when making the show, they deliberately made the characters they di they differentiated between the different generations by having them be informed by different genres of music, where the adults uh, are like have rock themes and they like listen to rock music and they kind of borrow from that aesthetic. And then the teenagers and like the young adults uh, have hip hop and rap, and then the young kids have electronica as their different as their different things. And so, so like I know this isn't really a music anime in terms of people playing instruments, but it definitely does have these characters who we have their different themes, their dress and their attitudes are often informed by the genres of music they listen to. And I think it's really cool to actually have, you know, older people listen to different music than younger people and to have that be such a strong element of a show that honestly throws a lot of different ingredients in the pot. And, mm. uh, and yeah, I don't know. And there's like the iconic moment when, uh, when Renton mean, meets Charles and Ray Beams and they're dancing to disco like the oldsters they are. And it kind of it, like it, it's it's really neat shorthand characterization. And it is it is a great way to use music in a show that's not necessarily about music. No, it's, it's definitely not, which is why I didn't even think about putting it in. 
Did you like it more than Carol and Tuesday, though? <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably. There's good parts in, in Eureka 7. The, like, lazy instrumentality ripoff ending, and in fact, all the, like, relentless Evangelion ripoffs kind of, you know, turned me off. But overall, it's not just not great. It's fine, though. So, I mean, I, wa- I watched a little bit of, of it just to refresh myself, because you'd revealed you were going to throw this curveball in and I, I, I just basically got to cherry pick the best bit which is the the bit you talked about Charles and Ray Beam's arc and the, the thing which struck me immediately is how replete with references to every single little thing Eureka 7 is it's like you go from like having random background characters named after fi- famous architects to Charles and Ray Beam's themselves being famous uh, uh, designers of uh, furniture and interiors, and then then you've got the the entire crew. You've got Jobs, basically the the the, the uh, computer whiz, and then you've got. There's even a character called Greg Egan, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely like it's not even like oh, all the characters are named after bands, like in in uh, JoJo. It's literally just. Like, oh, here's a name from pop culture I like, uh, which is kind of probably Eureka 7's, like, charm and problems in a nutshell. Is like, oh, you really just threw this stuff together. I mean, it was interesting they picked... Um, there's a this famous magazine... Well, famous to anyone who studied graphic design, anyway, a famous magazine called Raygun, uh, which was a uh, surfing-slash-music magazine which was produced in the, like... Uh, 90s, early noughties, which was famous for having some really experimental and striking graphic design by someone called David Carson. And they they actually fit that as sort of a plot element within the the, the, the wider world of Eureka 7, that this is... Ha- that is like this counterculture magazine, which is how Re- Renton finds out about the uh, the band of re- rebels on the Genko Go, and uh-huh. I, I kind of like that the idea that this sort of zine is is like as a weapon of culture is is still something they they like. And... Well, it, what it reminds me of it, there it, there's a thing there's a real trend uh, in sci-fi anime for a while of like having the like ship of rebels or whatever put out media because i think like vandrid and martian successor Mm. nadesco both have like tv shows or radio shows they broadcast out and then you get to starship operators starship Mm. operators which is literally a like a tv show show being filmed yeah underrated uh sci-fi anime Mm. uh not Eureka 7, Starship Operators. <laughs> Eureka 7's whatever, fine. So, yeah, I mean, just my affection for Charles and Ray Beams, especially these two, like, disco-dancing mercenaries who adopt uh, Renton when he's deep in his Shinji mode, uh, <laughs> had me put this on here. It bumped off uh, a Gretzko, which I don't think... I mean, I mean, we'll probably talk a little bit about that when we talk about... We can have our runners uh, up at the Devil end. May Cry. <laughs> so... Uh, I mean, so, I, I, I think I, I somehow missed the whole... It's not just music anime. It's about anime <laughs> with music in it. I missed that conversation earlier on. So mine's all anime related, uh, idol related. So. Well, no, I, I, this is definitely me kind of breaking the topic, but I do think that music is super important to Eureka 7 in a way that's not really important to a lot of anime that happen to have music in them. Oh, I mean, what about like everyone that 
um, the guy did Karen and Tuesday did like Samurai Shampoo fucking um, I mean I would have taken that as a valid a valid cow- answer if you wanted cowboy, to Cowboy Bebop Space Dandy yeah. they're all relevant in music like they all, he always is influenced by music it's like part of his main inspiration for that mm-hmm. for anime I don't know I I'm I'm glad that it's number five and not number one. <laughs> yeah, well I, well, I put it on there just because I wanted I wanted to talk about the genre thing because I think I'm only touching that briefly. But it is like it lets each scene have a different texture. If it's like mostly kids, then the music's mostly going to be electronica and like dance pop. And but they'll bring in like hip hop elements if there is a if one of the teens is involved too. So it's kind of literally like everyone has their theme that's a different genre. And mm. I don't know I liked that. So, there is a three-way tie for number five. Uh, We'll start out with Andy's pick, which is Perfect Blue. It's about an idol, isn't it? It's still uh, <laughs> Andy. How many of your sh- how many of yours are idols? Uh, how many of them are? I think they all are, bar one. Uh, yeah. What? Um, it's not about an idol. If you get down to it. Yeah, precisely. I, I think this is a really. I do think this is one of Satoshi Kon's best, even though I don't mm. ever want to watch it again. Um, <laughs> and I also think that, given that I just got a news report from the BBC this morning saying that the Korean K-pop artist Gu Hara was found dead at her home. Oh yeah, um, I saw that. Like it's such an important message that is still needing to be told, and it's one of those things in which it's like you, you watch it, and it's all about sort of her being thinking that she's uh being followed and traced by a stalker and that she's going to be attacked and all this like legitimate stuff that can happen to idols of that age and of that era and you're like well that can't still happen and then you read news articles like that and you're like oh no okay shit it can still happen and it's so it's insane how it's like what 20 years old something like that yeah close to it yeah and it's 20 plus at least because i was Mm. re-screening a couple of years ago for it and I was like, I'm good, thanks. I already know what it's about. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's it's such a still such an important message, which is shocking this mm. far on that if uh, that it it still needs to be told. Um, and which is, don't be a creeper stalker over a person. They are their own individuals and they have their own lives. Um, yeah, this, 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 it's it's really good, good. That's like obviously like a really strong message. But there's like also a second undertone to that, which is that often it's the people in power and who have a close connection to someone who actually do even more damage to them. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot in the news. It's all it's always strange. It's a stranger who who's the dangerous person, but the sort of abuse from people who are close to someone is actually often just as dangerous and and unacknowledged because yeah. of that very trust and perfect blue just goes into issues surrounding the trust that um artists put themselves to their management in like really strong ways yeah yeah and and then the 
the fallout of that, the devastation was uh, it's incredible. I was even watching um, something uh, direct. I think Lars Berman, who did Antichrist? Lars von Trier. Lars von Trier. Yeah, she. He was having. Uh, he wanted a particular performance out of uh, one of the female roles for one of his latest movies, and who's always in his films. I don't know exactly the names of these people, but what she was saying was that you know usually he would be so warm and inviting, and then for like this whole film, he was just like, eh, hmm, you know, you're all right, and then purposely distanced herself, which really fucked her up. And then at the end, she was he was just like, I did it so you could have a great performance, and I'm like, okay, mm. yeah. That's um, that's a that's a weird thing, and she, she it was her who told the anecdote, so I guess she's okay with it. But on the other hand, like that's a bit shitty. <laughs> well, yeah, we a few episodes ago, we I posted a link about you know the myth of the difficult male genius, and here's another example of just like emotionally abusing a woman to get a better performance out of her. So perfect blue, <laughs> so perfect blue. It is. I mean, I think we've all watched it. It's all. It's really yeah. good. It's if you've not watched it, like. Just go and watch it now because you'll get definitely something out of it. Um, and it is, if anything, chilling. Uh, and it will make you question stuff. I don't know. It's good. It's still a good anime. Um, yeah, if, anyway. if like some of uh, Khan's later work, like uh, Paprika, is sort of like euphoric, hallucinatory in its imagery, then uh, some of Perfect Blue is almost... Uh, uh, psychosis in terms of mm. its uh, sort of hallucinatory nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, num- be a cheerful one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't don't you worry because it is my uh, my pick is Show by Rock. Which (laughs) Andy at least has watched some of. He's kind of lukewarm on it, it seems. Mm. But Mm. Mm. it's a bit, it's a bit bullshit, isn't it, mate? It's fucking shit. (laughs) Wait, wait, is is it is it bullshit or shit? I need to. Mm. I mean, I I stayed. I thought that um, I I didn't really like any of the characters, and I didn't like any of the jokes, and. I didn't really like any of it, and and then I and then I sort of watched. I started watching season two. Oh fuck! I had to get the fun, I had to get a Funimation account for you, Ben. I hope you're happy. That's not uh, my problem. It is because season two, for for whatever insane reason, is not in Japanese dub on Funimation. It's only oh, English. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's it fucks me off. So I can't watch season two. Uh, because I am an asshole who refuses to listen to English voices over anime. Um, I mean, if you're if you're if you dislike the first season that much, I really would dissuade you from watching the second season, which is its main pleasure is more of the same. I mean, so. what, it, it just feels like if I'm being honest, it feels like it just it just feels very tripe and wrote for Sanrio. Like you, you I remember when you were saying about. Um, Sanrio boys how you're like 
of all the Sanrio merch stuff that you wanted to get in me, that you wanted me to watch first, why did you have to choose the most base, fucking schlocky, uh, Fujo bait show in existence? And then I would la- leave that to say, Show by Rock is no different. It's not show, sure, it's not attract- attracting the female audience, but it's definitely attracting, like, it's definitely pulling off the same tricks, which is being as base as possible and trying to just get as many male fans who are like, oh, science cute, oh, these girls are cute, and I guess there's a visual K for, like, the five girls who are forced to watch it with their boyfriends. Um. <laughs> no, I, I, just, I disagree with that. You have the traditional Japanese music rock band, you have the visual K guys who, are, who I think again, are very again, funny. A, a, a cat girl whose boobs are always displayed. Oh, wow, Andy, and are we saying that, like, attractive women... I've got bad news about further up the list where we have, where we have shows that make an excuse to have just tons of girls on the screen all times. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not making any excuses towards any of that shite. I'm just saying that, like, it it does a lot. It, it tries so hard to make interesting characters, and then it never delivers on any of them, and it never updates or involves gets any of them introduced or involved. And I know that certainly my favourite one uh, is no different. But then again, <laughs> I don't know. I like I like the way that it takes a piss, and like you have the the, the try hard band as the main characters, but then every other band is just a bunch of clowns in various different ways. And especially the visual, visual K guys, who if they weren't in the anime, I would like it half as much. I thought that they were really funny. I just um, but also right another thing that annoys me: you guys bitched about Carol and Tuesday about how they only had one song. These guys only have one song. They have sorry, they have two songs by the end, and then it pulls up with and admittedly like the few good jokes where there's that really long like stretch limo, and then it pulls up, and then the star sparkle guy, whatever his name is, comes up and goes to see and like you are the most important band. You are the best. You are like the number one band in the city right now and i'm like how are you number one you're, you've literally done two songs how because the they live in a magic video one? game not not a realistic mars where racism exists right but that's fine because in mars it's all real there is there is a talking guitar named strawberry heart andy yeah which turns out to be the fucking like elvis weird guy who doesn't actually have a face he's just constantly backlit which is again yeah. a good visual get, get joke like see that's funny there are some stuff that i like like i like the visual joke of that i but i the the evil it's guy, even better when the in the second season he's on a beach and he's just like magically has like a shadow across his face even though he's like <laughs> laying out laying out in the sun I don't know. It's like it's it's basic. Yes, I won't argue that it's not basic, but I do think it's it's uh, pretty pretty just like funny and whatever for for me. So yeah, no, I mean, I get the. I, I think Shingan Crimson's are amusing, but I don't know. Maybe I was expecting a bit more from a show that you adore. Um, I don't adore it. I just think it's good. You, you've, you've asked. You've told me multiple times to watch it. And I thought you'd like it. I thought like all the, I, like like the dumb yeah, basic jokes like, would make you laugh. But there's other <laughs> stuff that I I didn't, or most of the stuff I just didn't get on board with. And it could be because I was expecting more than just a traditional idol anime, but it's not. It's just a traditional idol anime, um, which is fine. Like it's fine. <laughs> it's just fine. It's, I was just a bit. I was expecting the world, and I got, um, uh, I I got Shingan Crimson's. Well, I like so to put out why I put this on my list. It's got a great diversity of music, even though each band only really has one song. 
Um, I and I don't know, like, I think that it's like weird, like Toontown version of the music industry is at least interesting that they decided to put it there. Uh, if not. Yeah, but but again, my problem with that was like there was like, again, they, they front loaded it with so much bizarre lore where it's like, oh, there's a there's a diamond inside your heart that you can when a song's really good comes out and shines and then you give a bit of your heart to everybody else for reasons. Um, and and I was like, this feels very, very video gamey. And then I did see that. Yeah, it's just another cross promotion for a video game, which, again, it, it, it's fine. But I was expecting a bit. Yeah, more. again, I, I, I'm looking up the list, Andy, and there's a few. Mm-hmm. Oh, promotions yeah. for video yeah. games yeah no pot kettle black and all that right <clears throat> definitely my number one <laughs> <laughs> well let's go ahead and go on I don't really have that much to say except that like I, I like the uh, the Visual K shit and yeah whatever <laughs> I think that like Visual K dominating the music scene and now it's just like gone it make means that I always laugh whenever like whatever like weird visual K references come up in, in anime. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it's still about Gant is still about, but he's moved on to more acting stuff. I did. Yeah, I did quite like Rettery, and I really liked the odd joke at the beginning of the thing where she was like, everyone was like, oh, please don't leave and you're on another planet. And then Moa just goes, oh, I don't want to tell him that I'm an alien. And I'm like, okay, that's a funny joke. And then it turns <laughs> out she is an alien. And I was like, okay, this is a tad, this is, this is weird. So like, I, I maybe I'm being too harsh. I, I did like a lot of them. It, and it's my fault for overselling it. If, if that is, I just thought it was, a, it was a fun time. I like all the dumb jokes about how she's like really bad at hiding the fact that she's an alien, but no one gives a shit. So they don't notice. So yeah, I, I, I really did like, uh, what was it? Sure. Zure Naru. Sure. Zure Naru. The, uh, is that like the, the uh, traditional Japanese band? Yeah. 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 It was a giant <laughs> red Dharma. Yeah, yeah. yeah she. It, it's the sexy cat lady, as you said, with extreme, with extremely bouncy boobs. But like, she spends a lot of the time just like inside the dharma and moves around inside the dharma. It's, yeah, I don't know. yeah. And then they're like, and there's. I even watched like all the dumb sort of like side bits where they introduce themselves. Have you seen all the weird OVA offshoot bits? The shorts, yeah, yeah. Where there's like. Um... Where they like introduce, there's this one like weird sort of the weird manager guy who's like a loud bean, and then he yeah, fucking, and then there's like this character who introduces everyone, and then yeah, the the Dabama is just sitting there, and she's like, oh, so uh, is that what you normally look like, or or what? What's up with what's up with that? Oh, it, oh, you you don't sit down, and then it just like gets up, and she's like, oh, it floats. I didn't realize that. <laughs> it's still quite good. Like, it sounds like you like this anime, Andy. Just put uh, it out there. It, it was it was okay. It was just like I said, I was expecting more. I, it was enjoyable whilst I had whilst I was running, if not slightly awkward. When was it Critty Krista, the bunch of like seven year olds with the massive boobs? Yeah, the weird, um, yeah, the weird like kids idol group that is like full, they're all they're all really mean. It's the secret like thing. Yeah, or, like the one is, yeah, yeah. So that that was a bit awkward, but I just kept on running through that. Um, so yeah, it was... it's actually a Tsurizurinaru Ayatsuri Mugenan is actually the full <laughs> uh, name of the uh, the band. It's insane. The, um, but yeah, cool. Moving on. So yeah, uh, um, and then we'll go ahead and transition to Duncan's uh, entry for number five, which is uh, Nodame Cantabile. 
So, good old no, no Damai, which is... I actually found like I had a very strong thread between a few of my choices. And I think the thing is, music as a place where people can find uh, a common ground is something which is both a trope and actually a useful one at that. And Nodemi Cantalibre is one of the, the first shows I ran into which did that really well. It, you've got the, it, a classic odd couple, Nodemi, this very ditzy, very emotional, impulsive prodigy, and Chiaki, this very learned, very in control and very handsome, classic leading man. And this odd couple playing off each other and seeing music from two different angles, her a performer, him a conductor, just give me a way of seeing music as this connecting factor and put two very different people all centre stage and have their shared love of music as the thing which allows them to form these connections. And I think the thing which makes no to me stand out in in that effect is that and this shouldn't be a the a, a thing which elevates it but it does is that they're adults or at least young adults and the fact that they can be there and can talk to each other about jobs careers what they want to do with their life in in the way that adults do and the way that everyone... I, I don't know if this was the same for you guys, but I think, like, my connection to mu- music was at the it, its strongest in my, like, late teens, early 20s, where I had the most spare time and where the sort of music I listened to most defined the people I spent my time with. And I th- I think, like, Notary Cantilever well captures this feeling of people trying to maintain a connection through music while at the same time their different desires and paths in life pulling them apart. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that's yeah. my experience. I I really started listening to popular music. I was a, a nerd who, like, insisted on loving Bach in, <laughs> until uh, rather late in high school, and then I dated a series of girlfriends who all had much stronger and more aggressive music tastes. And college, for me, um, from 18 to... 22 was definitely like the high point of me being engaged in music and discovering new bands and stuff. And it was, it was often like the, the liquid medium in which my relationships existed, Mm -hmm. both romantic and platonic. I don't know. I, I feel that my music taste is continuously changing. If I'm being totally honest, Mm. I, I'm still, I like, I still listen to modern music now and I'm just like Lizzo. She's fucking, she's fucking good. isn't she lacking a bit of her, uh, (laughs) Like I don't know, I, I and I also think a lot of my friends I've I've gotten uh, grown closer to some of my friends a lot more because the music taste that we have. Mm. Uh, I think a lot of my friends have bonded over specifically jazz uh, as like a an origin. So I don't know. I, I feel that now my music is more important than it used to be, uh, mm, especially good. when I was. I mean, but then again, I always think music has kind of be important to me for maybe all my life i don't know um i've always loved it so who can say (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's it's like i think the reason i liked 
like no to me was was that it cat as i say for me my that I had that point in my teens early 20s where i'm becoming more independent and i can choose where i go how loud i listen my, to my music to and all these things and it became a bigger part of my life and i went to a lot of gigs and i made a lot of friends from who i went to see those gigs with and mm. and like and the 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 way that would it be even more intense for people who who are transitioning from loving just loving music as like something they do to making it their their full career and just the implications of dedicating your whole life to that mm. and yeah it's, it's just an interesting show for that despite its light romantic trappings and it's just a a fun well balanced ensemble cast as well so with like that strong um Central pairings. Although I, I do realise now that Nodomi is is like the the prod, prodigy idiot who just loves their one thing so much that they have no sort of common sense of any other uh, kind. Yeah, I'll have to check it out. I've not yeah. really heard many people talk about it in a while. But it's it's it, as I say, it's it's an that's definitely a, an older one of the the ones we're talking about tonight. But. Uh, it's it's remained a firm favorite with me just because I think it it handled that relationship yeah. that adults have with music really well. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, cool. So next on the list uh, is we've bumped up to the two way tie for number four. We should have really done a better job <laughs> uh, figuring out the system. Uh, but it's Sora Nowoto or Sound of the Sky, and that's my pick. This was roundly sneered at when it came out for being K-On Goes to War, even though they came out so close together that even though it seemed like one was ripping off the other, they were kind of just uh, devised simultaneously. And unfortunately, Sound of the Sky came out slightly later. And so the story of a young girl in a post-apocalyptic landscape who joins the military so that she can be a bugler and learn how to play the trumpet. Uh, I don't know. It's... It captures a lot, uh, a little bit more of a naive side of what you were talking about, Duncan, with like realize, taking a love for music and translating that into making music. Um, and especially in Sound of the Sky, the idea that uh, that music is kind of this, that sound even, is this uniting force that like a well-played bugle can go, can go for miles can be heard for miles and is invisible and can't be stopped and it kind of is a counterpoint to this war devastated landscape where the the setting of sound of the sky is this just awful grinding conventional war that has just left most of the world a a wasteland so it's slowly being taken over by desert except for these small these small nations um kind of clinging to the last like lush and fertile parts of the world. And so the idea that 
war has destroyed this world, but music can unite it is cool. I don't think that I don't think that uh, Sound of the Sky is is as smart as I just made it sound. <laughs> mm. But I I do just enjoy like like the main character Sound of the Sky really really fucking loves the bugle and loves <laughs> like these simple these like simple almost instinct like we we recognize taps and reveille instinctually from just its permeation in the culture even if you've never been in the military and need to and need to get up or uh whatever when you hear the the bugle playing but i don't know i don't have that much to say about it but i do i do like this idea um a different way of approaching like music can unite and change the world like carol and tuesday and countless other <laughs> music anime have have posited mm. um just a, a question like there's a difference between a signal and music and I'm not sure all of the time I would think a bugle signal even really... I don't know. I, I'm being really weird about what is music, but, uh, like, they are so much... Is, is, like, the bells ringing at 12 o'clock music, or is it just a signal that people... a common signal that people understand? And, like... Yes, but I don't... I don't think that that's a... Like... like ba, 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 da, ba, 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 da, ba, that's that's music. Mm. That's a bugle. That's music. I, I mean... Have you heard uh, like... of... Have you heard of the um, Polish uh, short story about the little kid who plays the trumpet? Have you heard about that one? Start I'm off... going to regret. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 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 Uh, the whole village fucking hates his bugle playing, <laughs> but he's immortalized because he got shot in the middle of him playing it, and then they knew that the Germans were coming. <laughs> True fact, he's immortalized. He's got huh. a, he's got a, he's got a, like a, a plinth and everything of the bugle boy or something like that. If that's true, we'll have it in the show notes for y'all. Cool, it is. It's fucking insane. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, but like the the idea that I mean, I do think that you're right to point out, Duncan, that there is like when does sound become music and it's like the whole idea of sound of the sky is the idea that there's just just an infinity of space above us um that is filled with sound um and the choice like the choices and the means by which we shape that sound into into music and into information uh is definitely part of someone's relationship with music I don't know. Again, I'm making it sound a yeah, lot yeah. more a lot more yeah. intelligent than it is. Because all I remember is an old tank and like some tomato spider tank that like walks on like. Yeah, and I just remember it. I mean, shall we move on then? If we're going to talk yeah, about well, it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Uh, so next up is Love Live. Quite good, yeah. but I like it. <laughs> okay, um, after that is. <laughs> <laughs> I watched twelve episodes of this. This is uh, on a promise to Andy. We're not skipping it over without a damn good yeah, talk. Yeah, yeah, y'all go nuts on each other. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. You, you, you fire first, Duncan, and I'll rebuttal. 
I think this started back with me saying, well, I kind of owe you for making you watch Flowers of Evil, so I need to watch an, an anime I, I, yeah. all yeah. about idols, and so I watched <laughs> Love Live. And uh, I probably still got the... the uh, I still got a, a fairly good good deal, I think, because I don't think it's a bad show. It's, it's a good show, even. Um, I think it's somewhat uneven in, in its storytelling in that, I've, mm. I've only seen the first season. I think a lot of the first season is is padding with its emotional punch and uh, drama only really coming in its sprint to the, its conclusion. But it actually has setbacks. Like they, the the whole show is called Love Live, and the, in the first season they fail to get to Love Live because of the because the uh, it's like if in Carol and Tuesday they'd actually he failed to get on the, their Mars talent show, like that kind of failure is not something mm-hmm. which that show ever considers. And yet in this, they, we're, we're going to make it to Love Live, and we're going to be the most popular band. And it's like no, um, you're lead lead singers overworked herself and fallen ill on the, the in mid concert and now you've been forced to withdraw and well shit yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and i think if anything like that overworking stuff i i think that the worst part of the first season and the second season actually are the two main characters just being <laughs> utterly unbearable um i really so who didn't... do you class as the two main Pardon? I who, who's the, obviously there's one main, and who's the oh, second? Oh, sorry, main? I meant in the second season. So, Love Live Sunshine is different set of idols in a different school. So, and the main character in there, Honok, uh, is also unbearable. Ben's gone off to get a drink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> is uh, also is also absolutely uh, un- unbearable. Um, I and she's really really irritating and really oh, positive. Uh, I can't even remember what her fucking name is. Yeah, um, but it, it was just so great to see that the whole anime effort and guts, effort and guts thing, just come and bite someone in the ass. Yeah, I don't know. I, I uh, see. The problem is, is that I think that the overworking trope is is kind of done a lot in anime, uh, mm-hmm. idol animes, uh, specifically like. Um, uh, I know it happens in Idolmaster a couple of times, and it's just like, okay, yeah, right, you, you work hard because you really care, but come on now, you're a fucking idiot if you're going to go push yourself that far. It It is annoying, um, and it was really like... It's one of those things in which it's like... It, it suits her character to overwork, but also it's fucking irritating because I'm just like... You, you. What are you doing? Like, why you've had three of your friends tell you not to do explicitly tell you not to do the thing you're about to do, <laughs> and yet you ignore them and go off and do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, I really, I really don't like it. And I agree. I think that a lot of it is uh, a lot of the first season specifically is is about introducing them, and they spend too much time like getting into Nico's backstory, which is great. Like when you see her brothers, and they all think that all of the all of her uh, friends are like back singing dancers backing dancers to her the amazing like nico nico uh i think is really funny and um but it takes too long to get there uh the second like sunshine takes a lot less time to get there but it, it does also um have a lot i don't know it, it also feels kind of a bit more vapid and, and a bit weirder uh, in the second season but okay, i think the animation budget in the second season is fucking incredible because at I've that point that. 
the uh, anime and and you know like I've seen all the gifs that you've posted and, and the first season does have really lovely like small gifs of animating really tiny interactions really really well and uh, like that sort of shit is riddled through the um, second season like uh, Love Live Sunshine mm-hmm. um, the second season is also pretty good in and of itself uh, I think that it does get better when they're all introduced and they fail their first love life because you're right there is real consequences and I forgot that that actually happened so I guess that shows me um, but I'm <laughs> glad you're enjoying it and and I do also but the other thing I also wanted to say is unlike Show by Rock this is based on a video game or it's trying to be the video trying to get sales for the video game but it feels like it's not forcing the weird video game elements down your throat as much or at all actually um i think there's a lot of stuff that you could delve into love live uh i've had a lot of friends or i've been i've spoken to people who've who are writing doctorates on love live as to why it's important (laughs) uh and it goes to such things as like it 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 copies it goes because the idea is that it's not just an idol like you're an idol group but you as a school have an idol like um have an idol class like an idol group like an evening activity that you have to do and then you become the idols and a lot of like a lot of girls are really attracted to that because they then can think that it's something that they feel that they could have done if they were like in school or if they are in school it feels like that's something that they could do and then like the guys obviously it's a very much a male centered show so they obviously like it cuz I guess the girls are cute and it's kind of funny. Um, but like, it was interesting to me. The first season at least didn't seem too bad fan service wise. Is that fairly? Does it manage to avoid fan service through? Not. I mean, I imagine it's not without it. But it, it seemed like yeah. compared to a lot of, of uh, it could have been a. It had chances to be a lot worse if it wanted to. Instead, it was fairly restrained. Agreed. It, it does a lot less, um, like, impossible poses of, or, like, um, stupid, like, ass and tit revealing shots. But, I mean, there is certainly an element to that. But, again, it's one of those things where, I, I, even though I guess it's all animated and written and directed by guys, the fact that I guess they're all fem- they're all school, they're all girls doing it to them, like, making fun of themselves by, you know, they, they, I think, don't they do something like they put on a sexy pose as a joke and then even though it's trying to clearly titillate the audience, it's also them sort of playing off how stupid that all is. Isn't that a joke that happens or am I thinking of something else? It might be, but it's it's like in in the first season they have, for lack of a a better name, the the character I will call call Pervy Spice, (laughs) which is the the vice president who just insists on groping everyone and it's it's mm, like mm. they actually fear her. It's, it's like it's like it's it's not just oh what a, what a funny joke. It's oh fucking hell, it's her again. Yeah, yeah. They, don't they, don't they do like it. It's, no, no. <laughs> and actually, they the second part has her backstory as well, which I forget is not in the first part. But <laughs> she makes she she that backstory won me over for Nozomi. I really oh, okay. I really liked her as a. I think she might be my favourite actually, even though oh, she is okay. pervy. That's spice. interesting. But um, I also <laughs> love Nico for being completely rotten. Anyway, that's just. I, I'm oh, glad you're enjoying it. That's um, interesting because I, I wondered if Nico was a bit of a um, audience insert, almost like oh you're an otaku who loves idols. Here's an otaku who loves idols and in fact she's trash you're trash too ah, that's what we idols really think of you <laughs> I, I maybe i just think it's a, a quite a common trope to be sort of like 
just a bit of trash like just to, <laughs> to like to like be again with Critty Crystal is exactly the same thing that we talked about with Show by Rock like you have that cute personality but then it's all a facade and mm-hmm. and then it's all just she doesn't give a fuck she just wants attention <laughs> or money or like whatever like and I think that that is more just sort of a joke that's come out of people reacting to the idol industry being a vapid like cesspool of filth and like no no idols actually that pure yeah and in show by rock it's it's like the joke is that she's just so awful and irredeemable despite being a cute little girl and like that joke wouldn't work if people didn't believe a lesser version was true so yeah and and again nico plays up to that but unlike critty krista then nobody fucking buys it um, which that's, is that's better at least um which is which is funny like there's a really great time when she says like her catchphrase nico nico ni and uh like she turns around and no one's there they've all just left or like <laughs> yeah or, or they or she just says something and then realizes that nobody's listening and then just drops the whole facade of cuteness and just like puts on a really pouty face she's genius uh mm-hmm. i think she's pretty great uh but yeah um, I don't know. The only downside to the whole love live is Umi. She's trash and uh, she deserves to die. <laughs> Fucking garbage, garbage person. She just has no... Per- like, it's annoying because they all have so much personality. It feels like the one person whose personality is that she's the best friend of the main character doesn't have <laughs> anything fucking else to, to deliver. And she has like three emotional points when it's completely forgotten about. Um, it's she's bad. She was just bad, and I don't understand why people like her. But yeah, that's me. I'll shut up about love life. We've talked enough about the best. One of you the got best. Big, you got big feelings. That's why you put it at number three on your list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guess I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, our uh, our. I put this at uh, at number two, but it's at number three on our group list below a four-way tie for number two uh, <laughs> uh, is Kaon. first season specifically because i think even though i like the second the second season with its two cores it's a lot less focused um i love kaon i think it's generally good yeah. and like if we were talking about like the backlash against the semi-mythical moe blob that quote-unquote ruined anime i think kaon honestly has gotten a bad rap because i think it's actually very tight and funny and has an edge to it that unfortunately i think it loses in later seasons but again it's a show what, about well, a girl well, what, what edge I, I don't think there's any edge in kaon i think it's a no, very see, I smooth think that's, I, I think that's i think that's a myth honestly because it does have like a lot of cute girls doing cute things uh but there is also like actual challenges that they face and have like the first season especially is them like trying to figure out how to afford instruments how to write songs that aren't just like dumb fluffy nonsense um yui practicing so hard that she loses her voice so she can't perform like there are like it's it's weird that like the the myth of kaon just having like nothing but just like cute calm cuddly moments um 
is is i think yeah i don't know i think and i think that some of the humor is is fairly sharp especially like sawa chan their advisor who used to be like a hardcore rocker um but has dropped all that to become a cute uh high school teacher so that she can find a husband but is still just kind of like crass and rude and vaguely like misato from evangelion sort of way where she likes beer a bit too much and she doesn't want to wear her like cute little uh you know dress suits uh, when she's at home alone, and and her when she gets drunk at the Christmas party, I've talked about this. I was going to say, moment, is this maple times. leaf lady? The, yeah, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, the, the maple leaf thing. Yeah. Uh, it's also so, done. It was, I was also. It's also done in Non Non Biori Part Two. So, same joke, <laughs> except they stole it apparently. But uh, but yeah, I the first season especially I think is is actually like a pretty like well-rounded balanced comedy and that it kind of degraded into cattle feed uh, and up to the the movie which is just just 2 hours of fan service but the first season is funny and and yeah. like weird and it's it's kind of about like how you can get like as opposed to sound of the sky where, where the main character is obsessed with with uh, recreating this bugle sound that she heard when she was a little kid, because everything important to you in anime happens when you're like from four <laughs> to six years old, and then shapes your entire cognition for the well, rest you of your die life. Die when you're 25 in anime. Um. <laughs> <laughs> they turn you into a cake. It's awful. Uh, but uh, but yeah, like everything important happened. Like with Yui, Yui like doesn't really know what club to join and then she reads about the light music club and she thinks like light music means like castanets and that like little fish that you can like rasp and so she goes in and because because Yui is possibly one of the dumbest characters in all of anime history uh, she just answers a bunch of questions yes and then finds out later that she's she said that she's a great guitarist and needs to like learn guitar so that she can be part of the light music club which is light music is how they what they call pop in Japan yeah, I think yeah. Um, no, so... I, I think it was just the name of the band, like the the group to get away with making basically pop and idol based music. I don't uh, think that's yeah. the name of the sort of genre of music that doesn't. I don't think that exists. I I could double check for you and find out, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, call call mids in while while, while we're talking <laughs> about this. Uh, but no, I think I I think honestly, it's weird to say that like again this colossus of the end of the first decade of the, of the 21st century is underrated but i think people dismiss kaon and i think it's like a cute show about like getting into a band but that isn't like doesn't undersell like the things you have to go through and granted like no one no one fails to get into uh into a great school saving concert at the end but they do like they put on a show it goes it goes fine uh, people cheer for them. All their songs are kind of dumb and fluffy because, yeah, the the songwriter Mio is kind of infantilized, and they're all a little bit infantilized. But it's just I don't know. It's a fun show, and I think that there's a lot worse ways you can spend your time than just watching thirteen episodes of you know a bunch of dumb girls making a band. I mean, I would, I would just hesitate to argue that. I think like the the edge that you say, I, I, I'm, I'm just. Just to go back to that, I, I think that like whilst you're right in that they do do those things, and to be honest, I, it must be the second season because I've completely forgotten that that does happen. It does get resolved in very, um, very quickly, and it doesn't really have much of an oversight. Like I'm pretty sure doesn't she just work up enough money to get the guitar, and then she's like, "Yeah, this is my guitar now. I love it." And and it, it feels like there's not really any struggle apart from I need the thing, I got the thing. Let's keep on going. 
it, it feels very much just sort of like a proxy for the story, which again actually, actually it's, 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 it's the way that they reveal that that uh, that Mugi is super rich because they like work uh-huh. a bunch to get to get money, and then they don't have enough, and and you is like oh dang, and and Mugi's like oh you can't afford it, well I'll I can pay for it. It just buys buys this guitar that they've spent the entire episode working to. So it is like it's it's still yeah a light comedy, but I do think that you know. It, it's got almost kind of sitcom-esque things like, uh-oh, the gang needs to afford this or the gang doesn't have that. Um, they want to go to summer camp and they don't know where to go. And then Moogie's like, oh, well, one of our beach houses is empty this year. So, And I hope you like the joke about Moogie actually being really, really rich because it comes up a lot in the first, in the first season. But I laugh every time. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm not dismissing Kaon because I also, if I'd remembered uh, that it existed, I would have put it in as well and it would have probably gotten to number one. But um, yeah, I, I do like Kaon. I just completely forgot that it existed. It, um, no, it, it's totally fine. And like, believe me, when I when I was trying to get Duncan to to watch Kaon, which is never going to happen, um, like I I rewatched the first season. I'm like, oh, all the good episodes happen in the first season. Jeez, what happens <laughs> in the second season? I watch the first episode. I'm like, oh, wow, yeah. They they decide to slow down and just enjoy the. <laughs> enjoy the popularity of the series in a way that I think mm-hmm. the first season like doesn't really have they get lazy uh, which happens I mean and... I, I also think that the uh, the manga runs out as well um, the, there's Maybe. not many volumes of the manga there's only I think about three volumes and they definitely get through the majority of it in the first season right and it's a uh, four coma too so yeah yeah and it doesn't it's again one of those things it doesn't look anything like the uh, original anime the, the anime at all it, the art's really bad um, but yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I like, I like K on too. Um, I think it's <laughs> cool. I'd cool. just like to say, Ben, well, if Andy's got me to watch Love Live, I think you've, you've just not been persistent enough and maybe, maybe, maybe I'll watch K on. I'm not playing your games, Duncan. <laughs> I mean, uh, it is better than Love Live. I'm not going to make any bones <laughs> about it. <laughs> uh, so now we're moving to our four way tie yeah, for, yeah. Yeah. Number two, and first off is Review Starlight. Tell us about Review Starlight. Review Starlight is a, st- a strange beast because it's it's about a performance school. So they dance, they sing, um, they play musical instruments, and it very very much got a lot of the tropes of uh, an idol anime. You've got a s- selection of different girls with different quirks, but then somewhere through the uh, first episodes, someone jumps off Tokyo Tower and it shifts to a weird battle arena where everyone's magical girls and they're fighting while singing. So basically, what happens when uh, Disciple of Ikuhara makes a anime about idols and has them fight like it was a JoJo anime? And it's very strange, but I 
really love it. it its central thesis is that the desire to be a star is something which can be thrust upon those least suited for it. That being centre stage is something that so many people want, and those mm. who s- succeed at it, at it aren't necessarily those who should succeed at it because what gets them there isn't necessarily good at making them happy once they get there. It's it's it's, it's almost like this classic... You know, there's this idea within business culture that you promote someone out of being what they're good at. And I, and I think Review Starlight's initial thing is that wanting to become a, a star and working hard and all these... these these, these motivations which give you the push and the drive to become a star also make you someone entirely unsuited to the demands that being in the centre uh, can place upon you. And it's this weirdly strong look at that. And also, without going into too much in terms of spoilers, it has a time loop as part of its arc. And which came mm. completely out of nowhere and just absolutely um, knocked people's uh, socks off because no, it it was not seen coming at all. And it and this was for uh, and it was already a bit strange and people weren't entirely sure what to expect. And it just completely recontextualized one character's actions for the whole first half of the show. And it was really interesting because it then explored this idea of of performing the same song in different ways and how this idea that you have a tune and and some even the same band can play the same tune differently and mm. if you change like one person playing that uh, that instrument and the tune which is produced can change utterly and so i thought it, it was just like this really interesting look at this idea of how repetition uh, and fame and and the spotlight can produce this weird stasis and how but also how introducing just a, a small or discordant note into that song you're familiar with can stand out even the more so just because that familiarity with something of a song you've listened to hundreds of times the moment something is slightly different about that you just hear it and yeah it's yeah. it just a, a, and it's also just possibly one of my favorite animated shows of the past two three four well probably ten years even it's just astonishingly well animated there's so few sh- shows around like Utena these days and like that for me is this show's closest contemporary it's a more condensed less ambitious but all the same complicated and thought-provoking and visually stunning show and yeah it's Action Director has also gone on to do a series of mech anime called Symphogear. I was going to say, we have not delved into stuff like Symphogear. Carry on. And that's actually well known for being having very similar qualities, of having astonishing fights, but incredibly weird mech designs. So 
I might actually end up watching that just because going back to this and watching some episodes just reminded me just how much I love the director's work and just how well he he sets up this the scenes because one that the the last thing I'll mention about it is that he he's a, a director who very much understands the way to use effects in anime to and but what he does is by having everything take place on a stage all these effects we're used to seeing anime like blades glittering and that he does them practically like there's a, a shot where he has a character raise a dagger and then spotlights flickering on and, and and so you see all these beams hitting it one by one and then it, mm. it glowing and it's like all these these ideas that we're used to seeing as tropes in uh, anime done as stagecraft and it's it's fascinating for that that reminds me a little bit of princess tutu as well yeah for, which like, is an it's, it's a show which i also adore like princess tutu was a show i uh, which almost like um, like Love Live, I, I I watched because oh this is a, a anime for girls and I don't watch anime for girls but I should challenge myself and watch this anime for girls <laughs> <laughs> and I watched it and I uh, and I un, uh, uh, unreservedly love that show. It's uh, Ahiru is is one of my favorite an- anime heroines and it's it's a, a great great show. Yeah, I mean I I do think we should we like Sim for Gear is. I've watched the first episode. It's not good. Uh, <laughs> People, I mean, like, there's there's been a couple of reviews where, like, about how, like, it starts out pretty bad and then becomes amazing by the end. Like, someone, I think it was E-Virus, or maybe not. We'll see in the show notes. Like, yeah. had a graph of, like, amount of enjoyment of, of Simple Gearings. Like, nothing, nothing, nothing. Boom. And yeah. So. Because there was, yeah, I mean, there was, I was just going to say there was a lot of uh, anime which we haven't... I don't think any of us have put in the list, and Starlight Review might be the closest to it, um, where it is mechas, but they have to sing in order to fight. And Star- and Symphogear is exactly that, and it's very bad and weird. And uh, then there's also... I think Macross eventually turns into shit like that, right? Uh, I don't think... No, it's, it's always that. No, I don't think the first Macross is like that. That's from what I was getting from John, but I could be misinterpreting what he was saying. And then it was like Noel and stuff. They was like, oh, okay, this is what people really want. They want to see singing and, and mechs. So then they turned the whole fucking show about sound yeah. aliens being upset by sound. No, am I wrong? Okay. It's p- partly that. It's it's p- the ones I've seen. It's partly that song awakens certain things and s- songs. Like it's it's just like using instead of like oh they have this. Mis- this mysterious connection to this ancient alien thing. It's okay. It's just this song passed down by, uh, I think it was, I'm not sure if it was, do you remember love was the one I watched? Uh, I, but, I think so. Um, like this idea that this song has been passed down by generations on this, this island and they've forgotten how, why, but it, it awakens their gods, which happen to be mechs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Um, we've completely, but I was just going to say, we've completely ignored that side of, music-based idol anime. We generally don't watch that many robot anime if Jeff's not around, so... <laughs> that, that's true. I, I have not seen a lot. I wish I could see mm. more. I, I, posted, I posted the graph in the chat so you guys can appreciate. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard exact, the exact same thing, and, like, yeah, it seems to be a very, very much, like, you've got to get past this initial <laughs> bit, and once you do, it's all 
all mad and weird shit and you'll love it. And but I think um, review starlight is a lot more even than that. Even the f- it, it's 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 a it's a competent idol show even in until it starts going turn into a spectacular uh, fighting show, um, and it's it has the best um, of arenas that that people fight in you will see it i think in any anime possibly full stop that i have never seen battles taking place in an environment where which has so much significance on what is going on both emotionally and in the way they fight so yeah best environments in anime i'll give it cool okay well next up is i've got to click this so i can see the full title Idolmaster Cinderella Girls <laughs> Starlight Stage. than all the other idol masters and cinderella girls <laughs> very simply because i've been playing the same game for three oh years my God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> how many do you know how many hours you've got in it or is that like yeah that's the sign i i don't think it uh, wants to tell me but I definitely yeah that's probably a good it. thing <laughs> I, um no, I mean, part of my Type 7 uh, personality is that <laughs> just like to, as the enthusiast, I'm always putting in what I love the most, uh, number one. It's not at all the best. It is actually... You, you, you literally put it as the best. best on your list, so you have to you have <laughs> no, some explaining no, no, to do. It's my, it's my favourite. does not make it the best out of it. I, I love it because, it's the, because um, I think it's, it is the most... Idle anime. It is the most idle ass anime that I've ever seen, with really nice production and um, ca- and a range of characters. Which there are so many fucking characters, you get lost in them. And I think that it behooves you not to. As my friend said when I started watching it, he was like, "Don't focus on all of them. Just focus on the one or two that you really like, and then just be really happy when they come in, and then just be a bit bored when the rest when there's not many." Um, it's a bit of a shambolic mess of a show. It's famously uh, lost its second half because it ran out of budget and it wasn't doing very well. Mm. Um, it's uh, it's well animated up to a point and then it goes a bit bug-eyed and weird. But um, I really love Cinderella Girls. I think the characters are really great and I don't think there's much more I can talk about it. I just love all the characters. It's just a shame that the characters aren't in the actual nice anime. They're in the sort of weird spin-off thing that's happened for like four years now where it's just like weird little two minute segments and they're sort of chibi art um so yeah that's why it's my favorite uh for no reason other than uh my type seven personality (laughs) of course (laughs) so i i would have always assumed like when you have the that sweet sweet gacha money that you could pretty much do as you pleased and have as as lavishly funded anime as possible but sounds like yeah i mean it was it was not i think it was similar to love live the first season in that it didn't it was made to boost the anime 
uh, to b- b- boost the game as well mm-hmm. as the anime to make sort of like cross merchandise because that's what all of these things are doing. Like even Starlight Review has an, a video game uh, that came out about the same time. Um, so you know, like it's all it's all cross promotion with these music stuff because surprisingly, animating and then writing your own music um, is hideously expensive. Mm. Um, so yeah, it it did it did have money. Um, and but I guess they just didn't want to put a lot of faith behind it, and then on top of that, it just the animation, the director fell over on its ass. So it was more to do with production problems rather than money problems, I believe. So yeah. Uh, also, it just wasn't very well received because, mm. to be honest, it's not that good. <laughs> uh, it's got some of my favorite characters, but it's not that good. Mm. Yeah, moving on. Don't have much to say about it. Well, then, do you have much to say about Kids on the Slope? guess you're right Duncan as to what number one is um that was but... my number kids on the slope was my number five I think yeah and it was Andy's number two it was my number two um I really do love kids on the slope I I it was number one until I saw how you did your voting system and then I was like I'm gonna fuck this shit because <laughs> and yet you fucked yourself you fucked no! yourself <laughs> Uh, I mean, either way, it would have not been number one. Um, I really... It would have been I number really two loved, as opposed to tied for it. <laughs> it. It could... It, I don't... I don't know. Andy, we're talking, we're talking about Kids on the Slope now. Stop <laughs> guessing at the list. Apologies. 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 Um, yeah, I really love Kids on the Slope. Like, for all the shows that we talk about music, I think that the way that this has a real love and respect for jazz, uh, it got me into jazz like more than just being like yeah it's okay and i'll happily listen to it to be like oh actually no there's some really good stuff in here and especially like you know the first episodes where he's playing art blakey's moaning and he's just going into listening to a recording going away trying to do it on the piano again going back and listening to the same like couple of bars again it it actually really loves music and it really cares mm. about how music is played and how to play music more than I feel 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 that any of the other shows that we've talked about ever does. Mm. Um, I really... <laughs> I don't know. Like, What do you think does it more? Because I, I really love the way that they do that, the whole sort of tra- practicing sequences and stuff. I, I, I do think it has a, a very intense and... Uh, almost arrogant uh love for 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 jazz like it 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 sort of unrepentantly he says like this is like the almost like the purest form of of humans playing music together improvising and like he's mm. so in love with not just the sound of jazz but the concept of jazz and he's not he's sort of like not afraid to say it almost it's, it's like he's he's just completely in love with it and he's 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 just happy to just throw that out there and and this is is 
I think very much a, a love letter to the not just the, the sound of jazz but the idea of jazz. Yeah, and then even the story doesn't like, even the story doesn't like I think it does at the end it, it does stray very much away from jazz in that it's very much about their relationship, their love and then the way they fall apart. But even that as a story is is kind of very jazz too in that it doesn't mm. follow normal rules of storytelling. Like they don't there is no happy ending for all of them. They all just sort of make their own way and they never really have a resolution. And I, I think that a lot of people really find that as a negative mark against it. But I thought that was kind of beautiful in the way that that is, you know, that's how a lot of, like, a lot of people at my high school I don't think about. And yeah. they have, you know, that's you life. have a weird falling out and you just never think about them again. Like, and that happens a lot. And, and I think that, I think there's some really great stuff in Kids on the Slope. And there's even, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I also just didn't know about existed, like the cultural um, wars that were happening that sort of took up again the, a large portion of the back end that was something I never knew about and I found that interesting it's worth saying that Kids on the Slope is a, is a period piece um, mm. what is it about 19, mid, mid 1950s I think I think it's post it's very post World War 2 but I wouldn't yeah. I couldn't put a name on a number on it because I have no idea uh, it's 19, 1966 really? Right. Yep. Okay. okay I wouldn't have said that interesting well, I mean, I wouldn't have thought... Yeah. I, the only thing that would have maybe put me in a bit later is the fact that churches were bigger. Like, the one of the big um, one of the big plot points is the drummer guy who is a Christian, mm. uh, and that is was, at the time, very strange for um, Japanese families. And it was because yeah. he's an orphan. Uh, so, And then also the way that, that the whole show ended on an orphanage in a church, and then they play sweet, sweet jazz together is kind of something quite cyclical about uh, his relationship. I don't know. I, I think... And then also you just got, like, some of the most standout moments for me when I think of, like, music and anime is, like, that one scene when, you know, you got the rocker and he's sort of been forced to be the the backing drummer of a rock band, which he's never really enjoyed. And he's always like, it's simple. It's There's nothing there's nothing beautiful to this. It's nothing that I really enjoy, but I'll do it because I have to. Um, although I can't quite remember the reasoning why he had to. Uh, <laughs> but then when the lights go out and the power cuts there, and then it's like him and sort of the, uh, the two main characters sort of just play... Uh, these are a few of my favorite things like absolutely beautiful jazz rendition of it. And it, it like, it brought them together and it didn't say, they didn't say anything. They just played and it was amazing. And then you also had just beautifully shot, like rotoscoped stuff of kids running to like, get um, like get running to the auditorium to sort of like watch it. And, you know, you could argue that that was, is maybe a bit wish fulfillment tea, but I feel that the way that the, that it's done was really authentic and really, really beautiful. I, I really, mm. that will always stand out to me as sort of like a prime part, like prime anime sort of like, mm. this is why I love the show. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of what you said is just spot on Andy, that it very much is a, a show where people drift in and out of each other's lives. And that's not always neat. It, it just happens. Like one day someone who you thought was your best friend will be leaving and you may never see them again for for years and when you do they may just be a, a stranger and and you 
may have no connection with them or you might suddenly just remember this one thing you shared and that connection might, might come again and uh, from what I from the way that the show itself talks about jazz as this uh, form where there has to be a level of trust between the people playing it where you have to mm-hmm. do do your own thing but be generous and allow others to come in and do theirs and to move in and out of the song according to your instinct for for how what the song needs in that moment and people have to accept each other and like it's 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 it's, it makes jazz seem a very human form of of music in in the way that the structures of something like idols or um traditional pop music or, or just even just a, a normal rock band do not allow that there's no true there's no star it's, it's it doesn't have someone up front and lead a lot of time it is about people interweaving yeah yeah totally good. and also some of my favorite gigs are definitely jazz gigs that i've ever been to you know, just I just think that it's. I love jazz quite a lot. So, and this was certainly for me, like the anime that really opened up jazz as a medium to really, and I really appreciated it a fuck ton more after watching that anime. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, it's good. I really, I, I think it should have been number one. But I'm a, I'm a monster. <laughs> <laughs> you tried to, you, you tried to play and you got played. Yeah. Well, uh, the final tied show for number two is Detroit Metal City, also known as DMC. show um Mm -hmm. as i'm sure you do you asked uh off air whether this is like the animation of it you're like is this comic book strip just animated yes it is it's like it was animated on such a shoestring budget so they could sell it as an ova but that was exactly 666 yen um (laughs) like that's how fucking metal it's a story about a guy uh takashi i think his name is who has a split personality of Jonas Clauser III, who um, raped his mother and killed his father when he was born, very much like a death metal, heavy metal kind of ideology that he lives by. And then then it's also him as an individual solo artist wanting to um, write sweet Swedish pop music. And a lot of the comedy revol- resolves around his, these two very um, different personas clashing in very amusing ways yeah um, I, I think the, the thing which I, I love uh, about this show the most is is it really resonates with the with me in terms of the the metal heads I know in in that they are some of the loveliest people I have I have mm-hmm. ever met and yet it's, their, their song comes on and it's all like and it's like there's the dissonance between the two I I sometimes have trouble it with it but this show just glories in it and it is 
it is one of the funniest anime you will uh, will see. It just has a a great eye for the absurd and for like I I I will I always make gifts of any show I'm, I'm watching, but this is just gift gold. It's just so many just wondrous little little panels of, of just this weird black and white makeup, up <laughs> blonde wig metal skeleton clad uh, cape billowing mm. metal god and 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 like my favorite my favorite like side character of the, is his manager who yeah. is fuck shit piss yeah <laughs> who's just the most foul foul mouthed uh, person you can imagine and like I, ben might would probably recognize her voice at the moment it um uh, she's on because I'm ninety nine point nine 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 percent sure she also plays uh, Revy in. Uh, she is not uh, Revy, by the way. She's a completely completely oh, different she? actress. Oh, so so sounds so similar to me. She uh, okay. the only thing that I can say that she is besides a couple of Detective Conan characters is she was uh, Takao's mom in Flowers of Evil. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that is a weird connection. <laughs> <laughs> Weird isn't meaningless, I would say. <laughs> yeah. And then also, um, the Takashi is also played by uh, the same out- what, guy who does L from Death Note. Oh, oh maybe it's the <laughs> maybe it's the the weird pig masochist because there's a joke where it's like Watashi wa Endes, which is a direct <laughs> reference from like Watashi wa Eldes, like the uh, joke, the like, oh, Death Note yeah. reveal. Um, the 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 pig, as he is known, is is like this weird stage each extra they have. Yeah, he's, he's, a he's literally a prop because he will stand yeah. on him and he will will while he's playing guitar solos, and it's just like he, he's such a strange character, and yet he, they they give him this 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 weird moment where. When like, she uh, uh, sort of meets him in his normal form, and he he sort of connects, and he's oh, uh, I, you you just want to be someone who's who is able to uh, go out and and make your family proud of what you do, and and he gives he he lets him come up onto the stage as a crooner in a concert, and he, he and like the moment he does that, at, he's there, all his his. Good intentions vanished because as his metal personality takes over and it's like he's stealing my my spotlight i can't have this immediately runs over shoves the microphone on in his mouth and just knocks him down to the floor and goes shut up pig <laughs> <laughs> yeah i and i, I it, it's the and then the, the other thing you've got to realize is that uh, ui is negashi um the other thing you've got to like the music is also very good. It's a lot of the music. Um, whilst it does, it goes under its own label of DMC. It's actually just uh, what's the fucking band? The guy did Zets by Billy, which is also the ending for Death Note. You know the one I'm talking about. Maximum the Hormone. There you go. Got it at the go. end. Maximum the Hormone. Um, so yeah, it's a lot. It, it's it's got like they've got real good clout behind the music as well, which I think also really sells it mm-hmm. as a show. Um, and then the live action anime also has Gene Simmons in it. Yeah, because uh, uh, yeah, it's, it's like one of these cases where like imagine if if they made a live action JoJo's and each person's stand was actually played by the person that it was naming after. Because he he's it's basically oh we've got this character based on Gene Simmons. Okay, we'll cast Gene Simmons as, as him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, and 
I I do love I do love the anime, but I I would have put it higher if it wasn't for the fact that I um recently lent the manga to some friends and they really hated on it because mm. of all the rape stuff and it was very, uh, yeah. and post me too i think it's very hard to recommend this anime to anyone um because i mean it's one of those things in which it's like i don't think rape is metal but i but the way that they use that word it removes all context or like prevailing sort of implications of what that word is it's just like a mm. new like a word like fuck them but i don't think that excuses uh the fact that they use it so much and, and especially in this climate i don't think it's yeah it's it's worth i think it's worth pointing out that it is problematic like it's not like they a lot of the theme the the fans really do reveal revel in the fact that he rapes the tokyo tower and that he rapes this and rapes that and even though it is a joke to highlight how ludicrous metal is, mm. it it can give off negative effects, and I think that is problematic. But that's comedy. It's very much a case of time has not aged some of the jokes well, in that while, as you say, they they parody the the excesses of metal in an extremely accurate way, they do not acknowledge the license it gives some people to act upon those unfiltered and proper metal fans are aware of its absurdity and aware mm-hmm. of just how um, stupid it actually doing any of the things which a heavy metal song would advocate would be. But the problem with anything like that is you can't guarantee everyone who hears it will understand that and that's the problem with with this sort of joke that some people can look at it and go okay yeah i understand where this is coming from but other people look at it and just think yeah rape's funny now i guess yeah why not <laughs> and it's yeah. like no uh, it doesn't have enough to address that and it's it's difficult because it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the same show if it did address it and like you can't have it him doing this gesture and then interrogate it because one of the things that DMC most captures about the appeal of metal is its cathartic uh, sort of thoughtless nature. It's it's, it's mm. like this idea that you just get in a mosh pit and let the sound and the movement of of people around you overwhelm you and just just jump with everyone and bounce with everyone and just don't think and that and like this idea like just getting carried along with the sound and it's a series which carries you along but the moment it stops and interrogates that which it needs to it falls apart and yeah Yeah. it's it's very difficult to think how you can do this successfully but yeah i mean i think it does do it successfully as far as comedy is concerned yeah Um, but i i feel that there's no emotional weight behind it and certainly like i've read all the manga and I don't genuinely don't the, the, think the it's... plot is is a nothing. It's just a, a pretense. Yeah, it and and it doesn't end. It ends with him like going to a monk, like going to a monastery and becoming a monk, and then like trying to discipline himself. Uh, it's not a good ending. Um, and it's I don't know. It, it loses its steam. I think that as the anime, it works a lot better um, because you have the music and you have the actual sort of like, yeah yeah. Uh, a lot of the musical jokes are much more in checked because you can actually hear the music as opposed to just imagining it. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I think that 
I just, I just, I don't know. I don't want to put a dampener on one of your no, no, it's, 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 I think I, it's I def- just... no. It's something that needs to be. It's the reason I haven't watched it. It's just like all the jokes that I've seen clipped on YouTube are about how funny it is to say the word rape, and so like that's just not something I'm ever going to show up for <laughs> ever. So it's good that we brought it up. Yeah. <laughs> It was one that I didn't consider until a few years ago. Uh, well, a year ago, I think, when I lent it to a friend. Uh, and they were like, I hate it. And I was like, oh, oh why, why is that? <laughs> I mean, that's, 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 a, that's a good thing. It's like a lot of times we come acclimatised the, the flaws of our, our, our loves in media. And we, until we have someone else tell, them, oh, well, actually, this thing. And you go, oh, yeah. Kind of is, isn't it? <laughs> and I, I think yeah. I, I'm I'm glad that like when I was as making gifts of the show, like most of it is just dumb expressions and guitars being smashed and people all kicking Krauser and beating him up, and that none of the things which I find generally funny were him doing lewd things to a woman, and so. Yeah. It's always the um, after effect, like the inner monologue of him as a normal person being like, oh shit, how, what, how am I getting out of this? Or, and, and like running away. Like, I think the other problem is, is it's really mean to its female cast and it has like by the, there's so many weird shit that happens to the female love interest that I'm just like, why would you even stick around with this yeah. weird guy who just is, it's just rude, and, it's, <laughs> and there's no, uh, there's no reason for, un- unless she does genuinely like him, which is the only thing that I can see. And, and they're just like star-crossed lovers, and they'll he was he's too embarrassed to say anything, and she'll never say it. Like he's just really mean to her, and there's no, mm. uh, there's no payoff to any of that. She never gets her way. She never gets her like her two cents in. It's always just like. You really that's really weird, I guess. You're like, why are you yeah, saying she, these horrible she, things? To she's me, definitely like... there as a foil for the for the jokes about his his splitting the personality. It's it's like the the manager is is is, is my favorite character from it. You get this uh, this woman who's allowed to be aggressive and bossy and unrepentantly so, and yet I think it as Andy says, it victimizes the love interest for not being that. And like, there's this implication that you have to be in order to fit into this world. You have to make yourself this foul-mouthed, hard-drinking, and like, people shouldn't have to be that way. Like, that's that shouldn't be like, okay, this is this is correct. It's like, yeah, yeah. Let's let's leave it there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I mean, I think the other thing is, even though there are, it has it's very problematic. It it does it is also very funny. And I think that's why I excused it for so long, because uh, I find it very funny. But it is funny. Isn't it? It, it, it is. It butts. is funny. But let's let's move on to to more uh, happier message things with what's number one. <laughs> oh, it's, on. not, it's not. It, I'm afraid it's not going to be a happy pick for number one because the number one uh, at uh, number three on Duncan's list and number one on my list is your lie in April.
that's not a happy one. <laughs> I have not seen this. This is why it wasn't on my list. Uh, I think of this as like the anime about music, uh, personally. So it, there was never a question for me that it would be number one, even though it is very sad because it's about it's about uh, a young man who's basically had an abusive relationship with music as facilitated by his domineering mother rediscovering that music can be fun from a dying girl who plays violin. <laughs> so, uh, how long yeah. ago did you wa- did you watch this when it was airing, Duncan? Or yeah, I watched after? it when it was airing. I think I think both me. I think I watched it. I came to it slightly late. I think John John was really into yeah, it. Yeah, John and, loves this. And, it's a shame he's not and, on, but. And yeah. he he spoke about it so so well at the time. I felt compelled to watch it, and yeah, it, it just fucking gut punches you and just keeps gut punching you, and then doesn't stop until the very end. And then it's only stopped because it's hit you so hard that <laughs> there's, that you've stopped moving. And it's just like, uh, yeah, it is incredibly sad and. And yet there's a, this weird joy to it as well. Like the the whole, it's it's another one of these. I, I talked at the start with no no me cantilever. That there's this definite thread running in in anime about music. Of you have the the straight laced music classical music player who's freed from his constraints by the the wild old woman or wild man in kids in slopes case who yeah. understands that that the freedom that music brings right. and, and like a dramatic bokeh and sukomi like straight man yeah. and funny man uh, but but with with your line april i think like the, the fact that she's aware of just how short uh, of her life is left and like this is this is not one of those cases where oh this person has un out of nowhere pick this up this is something which is present in her life from the the very start and is always there and she has known is coming for years and like the thing i find fascinating is like any any craft any true skill someone tries to learn like there's this this talk about it takes ten thousand hours to master something yeah the malcolm gladwell and, and, and what happened and what does that mean if you know you're you've only got say thirty thousand hours in your life and you don't know when your life will end. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to put 10,000 hours into something, you can't let it just be the end which matters. You have to... The process has to be something which you enjoy... Not necessarily enjoy, but which is rewarding in itself. And, like, to him, he is just so fundamentally scarred by being pressured to do it by his, his his mother that he's not able to take anything from that music into his life which is positive for so long until she reminds him of of how to do so yeah and, like, and it reminds me a lot of like it came out around the same time as like March comes in like a lion and a lot of other stuff where when you have this this high level mastery of something it's very easy to have a toxic relationship with it and I think that your line April is especially good for how music which in all of the other anime that we've discussed except maybe like Perfect Blue um, it's been like music has been a source of like happiness and empowerment and joy and I think that your line April does a good job of showing like no you can you can be good at music and you can love music, but it can be bad to you because of the people you're around or the circumstances under which you play. And I think it does. It's good to have it complement that. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. Yeah, it's 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 uh, no, I was I did a, a quick sort of selected rewatch of like I watched the f- first couple of episodes and then I, I watched it at the, the like the 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 turning point as it were mm-hmm. and and the end as well and like oh, like it, it's it's just interesting because uh, going back to our cicada cicadas episode <laughs> uh, the 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 reveal is is prestiged by. He, she meets him in April, and then the, this reveal of her her sickness happens in the summer under soundtrack by blaring cicadas. And yeah, it's it's like this this person who has just been so full of energy, just is sitting in a bed, looking pale, ill as this incredibly discordant sound in an anime where we've been hearing these incredibly beautiful sounds just blares is un- unstoppable in the background and it's yeah it it's it's a show which doesn't just know how to use music it knows how to use sound as and just as like a, a sledgehammer to the heart yeah yeah it's a it's a tearjerker for sure but i don't think it's manipulative and even more impressively i personally think is that it doesn't uh is that it it doesn't have uh, Kaori become a manic pixie dream girl. She's got her own shit that she's doing, and like she, like yeah. she has a plan that involves befriending this this depressed, abused former pianist. And it's it's really like I mean, because that's when when you hear the premise, you're like, oh no, I, she she plays wacky wacky violin, and it it makes him love music again. But it's much more like complicated and difficult and ugly than that. Yeah, I mean, like, you could almost... You don't know, you, you should even uh, view her as quite manipulative because, as you say, it, there is a plan she has and she she does execute on it from the very start, even though we don't... The very first interaction we see, see of her and him is something she has planned and 100% has, yeah. has, has arranged and made happen in accordance to what she wants. And, like... That determination to this is something I want to achieve with the the time I have left, and like with with also an acknowledgement and her like it it doesn't let her get away with bringing herself into his life, knowing that she's going to to die without her having some guilt over that. Like she's she's grief stricken at the fact that she's done what she wanted. She's She's helped him uh, read this, this person who she she inter- she was originally inspired by the beauty of his music. Mm-hmm. She's helped him refine that, and yet she knows she's going away, and she's 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 grief stricken about what that will do to him. And yeah, it's it's such a it's so tough on its characters as as well as on its audience. Yeah, I mean, it's funny that like as as we as we try to kind of like circumspectly, uh, circumspectly talk about this show without you know spoiling it too much because I think this is something that anybody who has time should see. It's on Netflix at least in the U.S. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, it's, it's Aniplex, Netflix. so uh, you can't buy it <laughs> at least not for reasonable dollars. Uh, but yeah, just like the chain, the chain of being of like people being inspired. Uh, being inspired by others to perform music and then that kind of 
pay it forward, but also pay it back where, you know, you have his rival um, who, who considers him like, like an inspiration and is incredibly frustrated that he doesn't play piano anymore. And just the desire to see him back at his level so they can be rivals again. And I don't know, like it, it again, to reference three line, it, it, the, just the themes of like young death and how like we have, especially in these shows where everyone again dies at 25. Uh, we have such short time to like, to do the things we love and loving thing, loving even an animate thing like music is, is can be hard at times. And, just the upshot that it's ultimately worth it because you're not only making something for yourself, you're giving this thing to other people and then they, and then they can go out and do their own thing. And yeah, yeah, I don't, (laughs) I don't know if I have anything else to say, but, but yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's sad inspirational, which is a lot rarer than happy inspirational for me at least. So yeah, I I haven't watched it because um, me and Mids keep insisting that, we I we have watched the first episode, but I don't think I have watched the first episode. <laughs> so we're never going to get around to watching it because I'm like, let's put it on. She's like, no, I'm not watching the first episode. I've already seen it, and I'm like, but I don't know what happens. I, I don't know. For, I don't think I have seen the first episode. I I I need to get on that show. Clearly, yeah. So it's been on my list for too long. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny because I watched that around the same time I watched Golden Time, and so I've got them conflated. Even though Golden Time, while still a fairly good show, doesn't have nearly the heft. Uh, that that your line April has, so yeah, it's funny the things that you watched around the same time that are kind of randomly associated with each other, whether or not they deserve it. Well, that's our list. It's official. Uh, your line April best music anime ever. So sorry, yeah. sorry, Symphogear. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry Razafon. Mm. <laughs> I mean, sorry, I think we Nana. should have. I would also like to put out the one anime that isn't an anime yet that I think will maybe move it closer to the top. The uh, Show by Rock spinoff. The Show by Rock spinoff and also Giant Killer, I think it's called. Uh, I don't know this. It's all about jazz. It looks looks amazing. It's been on my to-read list again for years, but I just never got around to doing it. Is it becoming an anime or are you just joking? Nope. I wish it was. It's not. If it was coming an anime, I'd be very excited. I mean, everything's being made in anime these days, so... You would hope so. It's got about a hundred odd chapters, I believe. Yeah. I could be making that yeah. number up. Wow. But yeah. I mean, like, so there's any honourable mentions? Like, I think we we almost a couple of us almost added a Gretzko, yeah. but I didn't. Yeah. I didn't find that ultimately. Like, the metal is is her way of dealing with the stress in her life. But I don't think she has a deeper relationship to the to the metal that would have allowed me to justify putting it on there. Yeah, because yeah. it's only one I mean, song that she always ever sings, and then the, vo- the words change too. It's not like she writes different music or, you know, I don't think deeper to that. 53, 53 volumes, oh, Andy, for Giant Killing. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. So I would love it if it was an anime, but I don't think it will. Uh, wait. Uh, sorry, this is a different. <laughs> this is a football anime called Giant <laughs> Killing. Not sorry, never mind. Oh. <laughs> There's a. Gi- it's called Giant Killer. Are you sure? It might be. I will find out. Uh, great, great. Well, yeah, I can't find Giant Killing is a football anime, but and football manga anime, but uh, it doesn't look very good, honestly. That no, that has fifty three chapters. Anyway, so yeah, Agretzko. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's just one song and it's just whatever she pissed pissed her off and like I like the fact that like it's just an outlet for her and she doesn't 
I mean, I think Agretzka would be bad if she ever wanted to go, like go pro with her with her death metal singing. Um, and there is an interesting thing in the second season about how she feels like she needs to be less this person so that she can like you know get the dreams that she wants. But ultimately, she like no, it's the metal's a part of who she is, and she shouldn't have to give it up. But I didn't. It yeah. didn't. It didn't resonate with me like even the music in Eureka 7 did as like a musical anime no because it's yeah. not about the music at the end of the day like you yeah said. yeah it's very much about um just her office life yeah I'm trying to find... I'll, I will put the name of this manga in the show notes because uh, <laughs> it's really bothering me I have I have pictures of it and I'm like this is fucking awesome I mean, in terms of of, sh- of shows which very strongly inspired by music, um, there's obviously Bebop, yeah. which we should have. Yeah. yeah. Um, and arguably, he, 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 I could have put Princess Tutu here, but I, I think that's more... I think that show is more concerned about story than it yeah, is about theater music. theatre and which is, like narratives and stuff. I mean, it's, it's yeah. interested in everything. It's got its, its thumbs and a lot of pies, but... Yeah, and then, but it's called Blue Giant. I was fucking wrong. Uh, Blue okay. Giant. Anyway, carry on. Um, I I mean there are there are shows that use music like I think all of Ikuhara stuff, especially Revolutionary Girl Utena, um, uses yeah. like like there are repeated songs. Every duel has its own bespoke song that sings these weird, uh, extremely abstract lyrics. Um, every character has his own motif, which is something I like a lot in soundtracks when you have like a character theme that is reprised. Evangelion's very good for this too. Uh, but yeah, I think it, I think Utena, especially like every time you have to hear uh, Zetai Unme Mokishiroku, Absolute Destiny Apocalypse, then yeah, it's hard to ignore the music in that. But again, I don't think it's an anime about music. No. It just uses music more heavily, which the fact that a lot of a lot of shows often have just kind of soundtracks that just play in the background and let you know if the mood is, is happy or sad. Um, it does make the ones that have, like, aggressive soundtracks that use character themes and interweave character themes and and use songs not only just to underscore the action but to say something in addition to it uh, is relatively rare, and so those do stand out. But I don't think of them as music yeah. anime. Yeah, I mean, I was going to suggest uh, to... I mean, on Ikuhara, I guess, I was just thinking, like, the way that Sarazamai uses that song that they sing over and over again to really well effect, which, again, you've touched on before. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a really good example, because especially when they're, like, missing someone, it's, like, a completely different sound, and it's all off. Um, but then uh, the other one I was going to suggest was um, Redline, has a really fucking incredible soundtrack <laughs> that blasts throughout the whole thing and uh, yeah. is kind of, if anything, if it would not have been nearly as impressive or as incredible if it wasn't for that soundtrack, I think. That soundtrack yeah. is blasting and it absolutely sets the tone for the whole anime. Like, it is such a mood setter in more ways than one, I think. Like, you... I mean, it's 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 hundred percent about setting the tempo for the action. Mm-hmm. Like, it is this this remorseless um, techno beat, and it carries everything before it, and yeah. that's what it needs to do. Yeah, it's <laughs> excellent. I love uh, love it. It comes from the same school as like the like pervasive Euro pop in 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 uh, initial D, but uh, mm. but, uh, but better. So. 
Yeah, because it really does, like, the opening joke of, like, a small family, like, drawing a completely different art style, and it's just like, oh, he's doing that weird shit again. And then it, like, a car literally, like, rams over it, and then it, like, come with his, like, pulsing music and, like, takes over the whole screen, and then the pulse, it's like... It's like you're not inside, you're not standing outside the club, you're now in the club and the club is pumping and everyone's <laughs> excited for the match. And it, oh, Redline's fucking one of my favorite <laughs> films, like anime. I love that film so much, but like it really, it really gets you in the mood. It really sets the place space without saying any, like without needing to explain it. It just, you just understand it coherent, inherently. Uh, even though it's an alien world where you're not even fucking doing normal rules of racing, like it's it's crazy. It's really good. Um, yeah, red line. Yeah. Good shit. Cool. Well, Bye. let's go ahead and wrap it up then. Remember, rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts slash iTunes. I'm not going to give up on that. I practiced for years to have this spiel like come out automatically, and I hate that I have to change literally anything about it. Find us on Facebook. Search for Keyframes Podcast. Find us on Twitter, Keyframes Pod. Email us questions mm-hmm. or in-between slash spotlight ideas at keyframespodcast at gmail.com. And most of all, tell a friend. But, you know, not just any friend uh tell the the friend who's who's i don't know who's dying and they want to get you back into anime yeah and and you really want to get back into this is disrespectful (laughs) i was gonna go down that road but i thought it was a bit bit tasteless well now now the eggs on my face instead (laughs) also if you uh i would also like to hear everybody else's list of their favorite music anime oh absolutely you know email them in i'll be fascinated we can maybe do Something on that later. Sure, uh, sure, yeah. sure. And of, of course, uh, have a happy holidays, everybody. And we will see you in 2020, uh, where there's oh, going to be lots oh, of cool anime. Oh. <laughs> I hope. I I think there must be. There has to be. What is in What is mm. in 2020? Hope, dreams, yeah. Brexit, fucking bang. <laughs> the next Brexit's <laughs> never going to happen. <laughs> Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Woo. That was a Woo. that was a long one. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>